Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning, everyone. Welcome Full Press Coverage Radio Live. That's right, it's Friday. It's May the 27th. It's the last show of the month. Perhaps. We might get an episode out on Monday. We'll see. But for now, we're going to assume this is the last show of the great month of May as we move into June, which is unfortunately the absolute deadest period of the time in the NFL. But fortunately, we also have both the NBA and NHL playoffs going on, and baseball is in full swing pun intended. Uh, but that's not where we're going to start today. Um, of course, when when you get the news yesterday that the great Ray Liotta passed away and you have two people who host the show that are uh, um, incredible fans uh, of, of not only the genre that, that he excelled in, but also just him in general. Um, it, it's definitely a sad day. And at 67, it's a little seems a little too soon for for someone certainly in this day and age but um we are going to uh take a moment to to kind of talk about some of the the greatness of ray Liotta, and of course john it begins and ends here you mean the way I talk? What? It's just, you know, you, it's, you're just funny. It's, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how? I mean, what's funny about it? Tommy, no, you got it all wrong. Oh, oh, Anthony. He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? You're right. Funny how? Just, what? Just, you know, you're, you're funny. 
You mean, so? let me understand this, because I don't you know. Maybe it's me, I'm a little fucked up, maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just... You know how you tell a story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Get the fuck out of here, Tommy. You motherfucker. I almost had him. I almost had him. Oh, man. You know, John, I feel like we have that conversation every day off the air. If people really knew the the tenseness that we have off the air, the conversations we have. No, that that's obviously a great scene from the movie Goodfellas. And uh, one of our, both of our favorite movies of all time, certainly in that uh, discussion. Um, definitely sad news yesterday. Oh, it really was. I mean, he hadn't looked to be in great health the last time you saw him. And he was doing some commercials. And then you find out he's filming in the Dominican Republic and he dies in his sleep. And it's, it's just kind of like part of your past that's being pulled away. When it happened, I'm like, let me go back to Goodfellas, which was 32 years ago. So I was like 27 years old. And it kind of puts me in a place of where I was 27 years ago and how great a film that was and how fantastic he was in it. And, you know, Martin Scorsese is my favorite director and Robert De Niro growing up, my favorite actor and Joe Pesci was great. And it was just like, man, you know, we're all getting old. And then you see someone who still should be in the prime of his life dying. It, It was kind of jarring. It was similar to, you know, when uh, James Gandolfini died back in 2013. I, I remember that very vividly. We were sitting down to watch Blackhawks Bruins game four, I believe, in the 2013 mm. finals. And then it came through social media that James Gandolfini died in the early 50s. And I'm like, oh, man, this was jarring as well because you just, you never think these people are going to die. They Obviously, they do, but you think they'd live longer than 67 because they do have better access to, you know, medicine and healthcare than mm. the average person. But Unfortunately, may he rest in peace. A fantastic actor. Yeah, and and look, I mean, we we know he he lobbied very hard to play the role of Henry Hill. Um, he mm-hmm. had to he had to really because you know at that point he had been in Field of Dreams. That was kind of his, you know, big moment prior to Goodfellas. But it was really Goodfellas that that really just catapulted his career. I mean, like he was fil- he was in the Dominican Republic filming a movie. I mean, the guy worked was still working, whether it was in bit roles, bit parts here and there. But, um, you know, obviously, uh, Goodfellas is the first movie that comes to mind. You know, I'm a huge fan of the movie Blow, and he played uh, George Young's father, Fred Young, uh, in that movie. Um, and, you know, in, 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 a, in a, a step away from his typecast, sort of speak, um, he played the, uh, uh, you know, the caring, loving father to a troubled youth who you know happens to be one of the bigger drug traffickers <laughs> during the 70s so like you know it was a step away from his um you know mob type performances and stuff like that but you know whatever he did whatever he was a part of you know you you knew you were getting a solid at, at worst performance at best it was a, a great performance and, and that's generally what you got from him yeah, so many really good roles that I think kind of went under the radar, like Copland, he was fantastic mm-hmm. in a movie with De Niro and Sylvester Stallone. And another one that, you know, may have been his last real huge movie, which I thought was fantastic, The Place Beyond the Pines, which mm-hmm. was with Brian Gosling, who's one of my favorite actors, uh, Bradley Cooper, obviously Ray Liotta, and the beautiful Eva Mendez, who is 
Ryan Gosling's wife, a fantastic film. Um, and then his, his real first breakthrough, I mean, Goodfellas is what put him on the map, but uh, Something Wild, which was directed by right, Jonathan right, Depp, yep. has since passed and is one of the most talented directors in the history of Hollywood. He was fantastic in that, and obviously Feel the Dreams. And then when Goodfellas came, it's like, okay, this guy, is, this guy can hold his own against, you know, Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci and all those great actors that were in that, that landmark film. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people I know that think that Goodfellas is their favorite film. There's just, that's like, it's not mine. Because I don't even think it's Scorsese's best film. I think Raging Bull is a superior film. But I understand why so many people love Goodfellas. A lot of people, especially maybe your age and a little bit older, that's like their favorite film. Well, and and I and I think it's not my part. You like I, I've obviously you know when when <laughs> when the day comes that we we have to mourn some of the cast of of the Shawshank Redemption, then you know that's that's a that's a that's a day that you know I will talk about my favorite film. Uh, but you know, I, I I don't think that too many people have that film outside of their, and and this is kind of what I was alluding to when I was talking about both of us. I don't think it's clearly, I don't think it's far off from. I, I think it's certainly within the uh, a realm of some of the best films that we've seen uh, personally. Oh yeah, um, it's, it's in my top twenty. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, well, I, that, I I think I course, yeah I, I think, come across sometimes as a snob. Well, I, no, no, know, I, I I'm also. I'm also older, so I, I got exposed to a lot of stuff early that, you know, I still put there. Well, but no, no I, it, I, that's that's right, kind of what I was thinking, although what I was, it, it might, it might, you know what I mean, like maybe it, it's, that, that's right in the ballpark of what I'm thinking, because like I'm, top yeah. 20 to me is, is you know, we're not talking quarterbacks here, like that's, it's actually impressive <laughs> to be top right. 20 here. Um, oh, yeah. Because there's just, I mean, there's so many films, and, and you're like me, like we have a, 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 a broad taste, like, you know, we're not just... X, Y, and Z type of films, you know, there, there's W, X, Y, Z, A, B, C, you know, whatever's good, whatever could be good, um, we're going to be interested in. So, you know, of course, you draw from a lot of different genres in that sense. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, it's just, it's 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 definitely uh, uh, sad. Obviously, he, uh, uh, you mentioned The Sopranos earlier, he was in the, you know, Many Saints in New York, New York um, remake just, you know, when did that, that was like, what, four years ago? 2018 now? 2019? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't remember. Yeah. You know, it's, the years kind of well, matched match together. Yeah, kind of, it's just the like last a five years, yeah. is like a blur. Yeah, well, I mean, the only constant is um, Tom Brady's excellence, but that's that's besides the point. That's a conversation I was having on Twitter yesterday. But um, <clears throat> no, it, look, it, it, it's it's definitely uh, we we've done a handful of these. Uh, it seems like at least once a month we got to get up here and talk about some sort of actor or celebrity that has passed away. But look, John, the reality of it is the, the stuff that you and I have both, you know, you know obviously I, I'm a little bit younger, but the, the movies from the 70s, 80s, and some of these early 90s movies, like, you know, the, the, the stars of these, these movies are, are getting a lot older. <laughs> and, and you, know, the, you know, the bulk of my movie watching comes from that, chunk of time let's put it that way so now yep. you're seeing you know these actors and actresses and and stuff like that get older and, and to your point earlier you you know you you have this in your mind that yeah of course everyone's time is up at some point but but you still kind of convince yourself like oh yeah no he's always going to be able to do that like oh no you know harrison ford is always going to be able to play indiana jones well, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll find out when the when the next one comes out if he can still do it. But, um, you know, the point is, it's like, you know, this that generation of, 
great actors and actresses is, is getting close to becoming extinct. And it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it is. Cause I mean, I grew up, my favorite actors growing up, uh, in some order were Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino, Jack Nicholson. I love Warren Beatty, Robert Redford, Paul Newman, you know, all those phenomenal actors. And now you got Robert De Niro, who's 79 years old. Dustin Hoffman is 85. Uh, Al Pacino, who I share a birthday with April 25th. He's a little older than me, but uh, he's 82 and Warren Beatty and Jack Nicholson are 85. And I'm like, they're all still around. They're not really working much um, for different reasons. But there's going to be that day where you just hear the bad news, the sad news. Mm. Now, at least they've been able to live a pretty long life. With Ray Liotta, 67, just that's only eight years older than me. That's kind of scary, um, you know, when you hear that. Now, obviously, Gandolfini, when that happened, he was right at 50. That was a shock. But, yeah, you, you, this is, again, it kind of like pries away your childhood or your, you know, um, early adult life where, you know, you're really into movies and these are your guys and you got to see everything they're in. And, and, and then sometimes they're no longer there. Harrison Ford's a great one. Cause you just think he's never going to die. He's going to always escape because he's Indiana yeah. Jones. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's never going to catch up to him. Um, but yeah, you know, everything is inevitable. We share the same favorite actor at this point, Daniel Day Lewis, who's, you know, in his mid sixties. And I'm surprised that, you know, because he's such a great method actor that he didn't actually get assassinated in making Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> he's so committed to, to method acting. Yes. Um, that that actually yes. makes me wonder. I, I know. Uh... <laughs> Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I know, uh, um, you know, you're not uh, maybe uh, as up on some of the new Marvel movies as I am, but uh, <laughs> the the new Thor movie is coming out soon, and um, uh, Christian B- uh, Bale has is playing one of the villain, villains, and he's uh, notorious for also being a very um, dedicated method actor. And I, I'm just I'm so worried about that cast and what. <laughs> He went through to to uh, uh, become Gore the Butcher, so um, yeah, it, it kind of it kind of worries me. And you know, we know some some of the crazies, and we talk about this in sports all the time. Some of the best people are a little little bit nuts, and um, I, I think we all know. Uh, you you remember that clip a while back 
of, of Christian Bale, like basically just undressing like uh, uh, the the staff and like yelling and and you know kind of being just a huge a hole. <laughs> did, did you ever yep. hear that? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, look, I mean, it comes with the territory. Just because we like them as actors doesn't mean they're necessarily great people. Um, you know, I I think there's been some <laughs> some negative things written about Christian Bale, but hey, you know what? He was a really good Batman. And he's done a lot of other really good movies, um, but you know that's that's the thing. Sometimes you got to be a little bit nuts uh, to to be great at what you do. Uh, Ray Liotta wasn't. He was just a, a gifted actor who, by all accounts, was you know well loved and liked among his peers. And and um, based on what we saw, the reaction and everything, you know that that only kind of confirmed all that. So uh, sadly, that is it for Ray. And uh, we will remember by watching a lot of his great movies. And that's that's the great thing about. Um, having that type of history on film and in, in photos and stuff like that, you can keep going back and back and reliving it. So, speaking of history, John, Dallas Mavericks, they are history. Uh, they got eliminated last night. Really, uh, what I thought, and I commented earlier in the game, I thought they checked out, and, and I mean, early in the second quarter. They, to my surprise, made a little bit of a run, which I wasn't expecting. But just early on, they just absolutely checked out. And um, I don't know. I don't watch as much Dallas Mavericks basketball. But that was, uh, especially during the first half, a pretty pretty lackluster defensive effort from Luka. Am I correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, he's not a really good defensive player. And then if he's not engaged, he's actually a hindrance on the defensive end of the court. And That's what that's I think happened. Something- yeah, that, that's kind of the thing that will keep him maybe from being the best player in basketball because the current best player in basketball, Giannis Antetokounmpo, is very engaged defensively. In fact, it seems like he's more engaged defensively than offensively sometimes. That's what makes him the best player. And the, the players that have always held that mantle, whether it was LeBron or Michael Jordan, they were elite defensive players. Luka's never going to be an elite defensive player, but at least look engaged. Um, and this has always been an accusation in the NBA when a team gets down 3-1 and they're going – to the other team's court for game five, it's like, you know, one, two, three, Cancun. And it appeared that way with Dallas, who just was overmatched in the mm-hmm. series anyway. I mean, we talked about it, that if you were drafting the rosters of these two teams, Luka would go first, and then the next six picks would be Golden State Warriors, whether it be Curry, Thompson, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, um, you know, Andrew Wiggins. I mean, they're just a better team than Dallas. But, yeah, there's no excuse for not being engaged somewhat defensively. And Jason Kidd, the head coach, was a marvelous defensive player, so he's got to communicate that to his team. And again, when your best player gets engaged defensively, the other guys on the court get engaged defensively. We've seen that over the years. And if Luca's kind of mailing it in, then the other four players on the court are like, well, he's not really into it. Why should I be? He's supposed to be our best player. There was, there was a sequence, um, maybe you remember this, I believe it was in the second quarter, uh, where, where Dallas was just basically caught flat-footed defensively and just... Unfortunately for Golden State, they missed two very easy layups, and and I think the reason for that was because they were so surprised that Dallas did absolutely nothing <laughs> that it threw them off when they were going to finish. Like, do you remember that sequence? I think, um, yeah, I think it was Andrew Wiggins and uh, I, I, I think the second play ultimately was a foul, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But still, the uh, Dallas they were just watching, and I think that this was an instance where Luca was still kind of, you know, rumbling down from the other end of the court. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it, it, I don't think any of us thought there was a, a, a legitimate chance. I mean, obviously, it's never happened in the NBA before to come back down three games to none. But uh, that that was definitely disappointing early on because 
you know, we saw later in the game that they ha- they were capable of going on a nice run, but, you know, too little too late at that point. You know, at, at that point, it's like, is, is it really that impressive, John, when a team's down 20-something points that they go on a run? Like, to me, that's kind of like a, a, like a quarterback that throws 500 yards and a blowout loss. Like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you the only thing you can do is throw the ball and and naturally the other team isn't going to maintain that level of intensity when the score becomes such a large uh such a large gap and i think that's what happened yesterday where it's like okay golden state you know they built such a big lead they kind of sell it started celebrating a little bit early and all of a sudden now john when you're down 26 it sounds crazy but i feel like or whatever the the it was at the time i think i just quoted one of the celtic scores but when you're down so much like it Honestly, sometimes the pressure becomes less sure. because, like, w- w- where's the pressure? Well, if you make a shot, well, well, great, you're still down deep. If you miss a shot, well, it d- doesn't really matter. You're not, you know, the, at this point, the game's not really on the line because you're down so much. So, to me, I'm not that impressed with, you know, runs <clears throat> necessarily when you're down. I mean, I'm not saying you can't have impressive runs. I'm just saying that not every run when you're down big points is impressive. It's just sometimes just a... Uh, uh, so so we saw Dallas go on a little run, but the, the, the big picture was they just were not engaged enough throughout that entire game defensively, especially defensively, because, I, like I said, it, it just looked too easy for Golden State at some times where mm-hmm. they were just standing, watching, and, and letting it go. So, um, you know, th- this might create, <clears throat> John, and we, we've talked about these two, you know, kind of side-by-side, side, you know, a few times, but Luka and Jason Tatum, where, you know, I think going into this playoff series or season, you would have put Luca ahead of Jason, and, and your reasoning being, like, Luca can just do a little bit more, correct? Yeah, on the offense, offensive end, he's a, yes. he's a significantly better passer. I mean, I think he's one of the five best passers in the sport. He's a better rebounder. He's a moose. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just kind of this big, naturally strong guy. I think he can score in a variety of ways, maybe a little bit more than Tatum. Neither one's a great three-point shooter, which is odd, and that's why when they compare Luca to Larry Bird, is it just because he's white? I mean, yeah, his I game agree. is a little yeah. different than Larry Bird's. Larry Bird was a an elite shooter, like one of the best shooters that sports ever seen, including with like a ninety percent free throw percentage for his career. I mean, Luca's around seventy-four percent, but where you might give Tatum the edge, obviously on the defensive end, and that it looks like he's in shape. But Luca, that's the thing with Luca, like. Someone's got to get in his head that, look, you can be the best player in basketball, but in the offseason, you can't put 30 pounds on. You know, yeah. I mean, his idol is LeBron James. You know, follow that model of, you know, investing in your body and being the best you can be, which LeBron has done throughout his career, and then you can be in that discussion. So, yeah, maybe you could look at it and say, look, at the end of a game sometimes, Tatum has a little more in the tank because he's just in better shape. Well, you know, and, that, and, that, that, and, and I think when – and, and the, the, the strange thing with Tatum – if Tatum is <laughs> – that's the thing, when he's – Shooting the three well, he's great at it, but it's not consistent mm-hmm. enough. You know what I'm saying? Like right. if it, if it was consistent enough, you you would say he's a great three point shooter because he has a he has a great stroke, he has a great you know release, everything like that. It looks nice. He can hit those difficult corner threes when he's on fire, but then he can go two for eleven or two for twelve, right. and and you're sitting there scratching your head like, okay, what's what's happening? He's just he's a, he's he turns into a chucker at that point. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but. There, there could be. I mean, look. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm for the most part with you. I mean, I, I kind of defer a lot to, to your, your technical analysis uh, of basketball because you know the game a little bit better than I do. And by a little bit, Thank I mean you. a lot of it. Yes, yes. That's a, that's a, uh, 
unfortunately, my mic just cut out weirdly enough, so uh, unfortunately the folks out there didn't actually hear that. Uh, but I did. Nonetheless, I did. nonetheless, I do defer to you when it comes to a lot of that technicality, but it'd be hard to not start to, uh, I mean, maybe sway if, if, if Tatum, like, look, he's had some, he's had some tough moments in this, in this playoff run, no doubt about it. But for the most part, he's been kind of playing that role of superstar pretty well, John. Not, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say like, you know, Oscar performance since we were talking about acting earlier, but I'd say he's playing the role fairly well and he still has a lot of opportunity ahead of him. And I think, I think if he can seize that opportunity, i.e. say the Celtics close out the heat tonight in game six, and then he plays a massive role in upsetting or, or defeating, however you want to look at it. I don't know if it would necessarily be an upset from a on-paper standpoint, but, you know, you can look at it as, as, as a difficult matchup. If, if they go out and beat Golden State and Jason Tatum, you know, is averaging 30 points a game, he's playing well defensively and facilitating. I mean, that's the thing. He's capable of doing that. He's capable of creating uh, opportunities for everyone else around him. That's the moment that you sit there and say, okay, maybe he has arrived now. And and that's what we were asking before going into the postseason. We we're like, we both think Jason Tatum's great. And his his you know, path to superstardom is is well is is strong and you know, going strong right now, but he has to do it in the playoffs. And so far, yeah. I'd say he's doing it. He's yeah, not perfect, I mean, they're, they're, but... No, no, no. Uh, they're one game away from getting to the finals. I think his monumental game was game six against Milwaukee two weeks ago when they're facing elimination. In Milwaukee, mm-hmm. he goes out and gets 46. That Head-to-head head with, with who a with lot of people... Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and I think that exactly. that is key. That is key. I mean, if he's yeah. going head-to-head with Jimmy Butler, like... Uh, like Jimmy Butler isn't Giannis, okay? I mean, he, Jimmy yep. Butler's a fine player, but he's not Giannis. He's not a superstar of that caliber. So him going head to head with with Jimmy Butler's one thing. Going head to head with Giannis, who was just an absolute force in that series. That's 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 what's impressive, and those are those benchmarks that you look for in a budding superstar. You know, and 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 again, winning a championship's part of it. Because it means you delivered. And the the Celtics, like, if Jason Tatum goes out and plays poorly, they're not winning that series. They're, they're like, you can you can miss Marcus Smart and you can make up for it. You can miss Robert Williams and you can make up for it. I mean, you can lose. I mean, it's, it's getting tougher and tougher. But you could possibly be without Al Horford and you could still kind of make up for it. If you get a, 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 a no-show from Jason Tatum, you are not winning this series. And it's not even going to be close. So his importance on the court is obviously very apparent. But if he he can elevate his game or continue to elevate his game, then I then I think it, it can become a real uh, discussion about his uh, superstardom. Because then it would be harder and harder to say that no, he's not one of the 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 premier superstars in this league if he leads the Celtics to a championship this year. The impressive part about the other night is he was one of nine from the floor in the first half. They're down five points. He comes out and has a really good second half. But through it all, he gave you 12 rebounds, mm-hmm. nine assists. That, that's when you see a player elevating to becoming great. I know I go back, you know, 41 years with this reference, but so be it. We mentioned Larry Bird already. In the 1981 finals, 
Larry Bird had back-to-back eight-point games, games three and four in Houston. He had eight points in each of those games. However, in those two games, he amassed 27 rebounds Mm -hmm. and 15 assists, seven steals and three blocks. So he wasn't shooting well. He wasn't scoring, but he did everything else. Now, Bird had uh, the good fortune of having a lot of really great players around him. Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Cedric Maxwell, who was actually the finals MVP that year, Tiny Archibald. Tatum has that too. I mean, Jalen Brown is a you know, a, an all-star caliber player. He's made it once, and I think he'll just make not it dribbling the ball. <laughs> as long as he's not dribbling, I don't know about. Crowd. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about you, but watching that game the other night, I'm thinking, oh my god, how how could I have been so right earlier that day talking about Jalen Brown and dribbling the ball? Oh, I was yeah. just thinking about our conversation. It, like, it's stop. maddening, and because the thing that Jalen Brown should do more of, and look, the, the whole the league is you know three or at the rim. Those are like the only yeah. two places you can. Or there is a wide range in the middle, the mid-range game, which is still available. He has a really good mid-range game. Like I, he has the ability to drive and then pull up from 15 mm-hmm. feet, elevate and shoot. That not a lot of guys can do that. You know, Jordan had it, Kobe had it, LeBron never had it because he's too freaking big. You can't stop that quickly and elevate it 260 pounds. Jalen Brown has that. Do that more. Don't try to just drive to the rim and get into traffic. Um, and look, Jalen Brown's a guy who uh, he's probably my favorite Celtic. I just like him on and off the court. I find him to be a really smart, interesting guy. I like the way he's worked his butt off to become a, an all-star caliber player, but that's a weakness and his turnovers are a weakness. I mean, in 42 career playoff games, he has as many turnovers as assists, which is, you know, Jameis Winston territory. So I just, you know, he could clean that stuff up, but at least as back to the earlier discussion, Tatum has Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams. He's got a good group Mm -hmm. around him. And, and look, you can almost compare it a little bit to Paul Pierce in 2008. Paul Pierce outlasted LeBron in the second round, seven games, Celtics over Cleveland. And then in the finals, he beats Kobe in the Lakers. And he's the finals MVP. No one thought at that point that Paul Pierce was better than LeBron or Kobe, but he beat them both. Tatum, I think, will be the best player on the court in the finals. As much mm-hmm. as Steph Curry historically is a greater player, at the present time, Jason Tatum's a better player than Steph Curry because he can do more things. He's six inches taller and he is a better defender. He can rebound at a higher level, but now he would be facing a team that their best player has a great supporting cast in Clay Thompson and Draymond mm-hmm. Green and Jordan Poole. So that's that final series. If it happens and let's hope the Celtics take care of business tonight so that they have a little bit of rest and a lead up time to the finals. That's going to be a really good series, completely different than this Miami series, which at times has been really, really tough to watch. Yeah, and, and look, it, uh, ironically, it might be uh, of the three opponents they face so far, probably the weakest, and it's in the conference final. Um, but big picture, yeah. though, think about the, the the path. I don't think this is being talked about enough. You, you sweep Brooklyn, mm-hmm. then you go head-to-head with the defending champions, uh, with again, Giannis, uh, with or without Chris Middleton, I mean, it's still... Uh, you know that that's the funny thing if you want to bring up you know chris middleton then we can go back and look at the bucks a championship run and you know go sure. from there so that's that's a that's a thread you don't want to pull um you go through the the defending champions and then you go through the heat who you know number one seed so you you don't have home court advantage and then you go to you know, the, the best team of of the last decade mm-hmm. and you have to face them think about think about that gauntlet of a run for the Celtics, and you're one game away from from reaching that final battle, so to speak, between Golden State. That's pretty darn impressive. Regardless mm-hmm. of who is or isn't playing for these teams, they had their superstars, and that's the most important thing. And the Celtics have went toe to toe with all of them so far. This this isn't a oh they drew the Atlanta Hawks 
in the in round one, you know, number one mm-hmm. versus eight seed. Like that that's where it's like, you know, the Atlanta Hawks for years, they were just the team that everyone swept in the first round. It's just like great, <laughs> awesome. That's that's a cakewalk. Obviously, uh you know, Brooklyn was that sweet, but uh, you know, I, I again I think you would give a little bit more credit to Brooklyn or beating Brooklyn than it would be those those Hawks teams that I'm referencing. And I think you know oh. that, that the the ballpark I'm talking about. You you get the idea. I'm not I'm not point pinpointing any specific Hawks team, just a handful of them that actually did that. Uh, so you know, yeah, this is this is this is pretty impressive. And even even Miami's path to this point, it was was a little bit less impressive if you want to you know stack them up side by side. So um, I, I think that that's something that hasn't necessarily been talked about. But in fairness, uh, I don't really know if I want to be talking about it until they get the job done. Hopefully tonight. So you're yeah a little superstitious, and I get it because the Celtics have on two occasions since they won their championship had two opportunities up three games to two uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals uh, in 2012 they lost to Miami in 2018 they lost to Cleveland but the common denominator there LeBron James was on those teams so you never and, felt comfortable and there, there was I don't also there was, and this Celtics team is better than those two teams. oh for sure and and I well think... the 2012 team still had the remnants of the great. Yeah, but I would I would say but they were old. Yeah, exactly. Like it, the the timing of those matchups, it's like you know you have the the Celtics on their last legs, literally, uh, right. going up against the 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 peak of the you know the Heat have already gone through that struggling first season where it's like they didn't quite find their identity. At this point, they've reached their their max ability. And then on the flip side, a few years later, you have a, a Celtics team who was vastly overachieved, and we've talked about this before, who just took advantage of a relatively weak. Eastern Conference, and it's, it doesn't right. discredit what Cleveland did. It doesn't discredit what the Celtics did. It's just, hey, you know, when when you're starting Kelly Olynyk and you go to Eastern Conference Finals, well, well, guess what? I mean, maybe maybe you might be overachieving a little bit. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, now though, that's the thing. It's like this is this the Celtics team is one of the premier teams, if not the premier team in the league right now. They may solidify that in a few weeks if they they you know win this series and the next. So it's it's a lot different circumstance, and even though they would be going up against Golden State, this isn't quite Golden State of a few years ago. Um, but I, I don't I don't want people to just you know ride with that because this is this is a frightening team for the Celtics to go up against. We saw what they could do last night. I mean, if any teams like the Celtics and have have scorers across the table, it's it's. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's mm-hmm. Golden State. I mean, I don't think any other team in 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 these playoffs, or at least the teams that the the uh, uh, Celtics have played, have a Derek White 
I mean, who who has a Derek White who can come in and and perform like he did the other night uh, in Marcus Smart's place, or then come out and have another big game uh, uh, in game four, uh, game five? Like, I I, mm-hmm. I don't think any of these other Eastern Conference teams have that player. Maybe like maybe Tyler Hero, the sixth sixth man of the year, but he's not playing; he's injured. So, <laughs> you know who who has it? I mean, I don't know. Golden State does, and that that's where the oh, uh, yeah, that's that's where the. That's where it's really going to be difficult. So regardless of how poor some of these playoff series and some of these games in particular have, have been in terms of an entertainment and competitive standpoint, um, I, I think you're you're in for one hell of a series if it ends up being Boston and Golden State because I think they're very similar with different advantages, but those advantages tend to kind of butt heads, and I, I think it's going to lead to six or seven very close contest between the two teams. You have arguably the best offense in basketball going against, which I think most people agree is the best defense in basketball. So that's always I, a fun. I, I, I thought you were talking about my personal basketball offense. I was like, well, John, thank you very much. Oh. I, I, I do have a great uh, handle. I mean, I'm not quite Kyrie Irving, but I'm not Jalen Brown either. So As long as you're somewhere in between, then you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, that would be a great matchup. That's always a fun matchup, right, offense against defense. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, give me the team with defense. We're both of the the idea that sometimes the offense is unstoppable. You know, mm-hmm. we, we see that in football. It's like, yeah, you can have a great defense, but if the quarterback is that good, well, he'll just – Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't subscribe to defense wins championships. Right. I, yeah. I think that's an outdated notion that, that you know, unfortunately – It helps, but it's not – It helps, yeah. Oh, sure, exactly. it helps. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. mean it's pointless. It definitely helps. But, exactly. But – yeah, offense wins championships in football and you know what basketball too <laughs> let's face Absolutely. it and and the and the interesting thing is gold state plays good defense in addition to their great offense and the celtics play good offense when they move the basketball you know when they were able to get that dribble penetration kick out to the wings they can hit threes i think it's gonna be a fascinating series let's just hope they wrap this thing up tonight because you don't want to go back to miami for game seven that's always a daunting task and then you really cut into your time to mm-hmm. get healthy get ready for the Golden State Warriors. You wrap things up tonight, at least you got a five-day window to get Smart and Williams a little bit healthier than they are right now. And, and don't forget, I mean, you're, you're talking about cross-country travel, too. This is not yeah. going to be an easy final series for, for either team, not just the Celtics, but to your point, you know, you're, you're talking about potentially having, uh, you know, the finals would start on June 2nd, which is Thursday. Thursday. So yep. you're talking about either having essentially – Ten, uh, almost uh, a full week off versus three or four days, and then right. you have to add in a trip to Miami, back to Boston, likely, and then from Boston to San Francisco. Because uh, mm-hmm. uh, who would have home court advantage? It would Golden be the South. State. Would it be Golden, Golden State? Golden State had the better record. They had fifty-three. Right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I, I just I couldn't recall their record right off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, so you're talking about a lot of travel and immediately following the series if that's the case and that that's that's an issue so if you're the celtics it it, it behooves you john mm-hmm. i love that i love that word i don't ever get that's to a use great it. word oh, i love that one of my word. favorites it behooves the celtics <laughs> to uh win tonight and and just wrap it up and just get healthy and get prepared for what i think is going to be one hell of a nba final series so yeah and i and i think they will i mean again yeah unless, I, yeah, yeah. If Williams and Smart are really hobbled and can't play and somehow Tyler Hero makes a miraculous comeback and plays, you know, that could kind of sway things a little bit. But the important thing is get out to an early lead. Miami looks like they've checked out. I mean, 
Miami's starting backcourt the last two games, uh, Kyle Lowry and Max Struess. One for 28 yeah. from the floor. Look, Bye. Kyle, I, like, I, I would love to pile on Kyle, Kyle Lowry right now, but, you know, if we know he's, he's, hurt, he's he is he is obviously hurt. And, yeah. And, and look, I mean, we, we talked about this the last time. Like, how many quarters? We've played six games, so that's 24 quarters of basketball that we pay, we've seen play between these two teams. Celtics have dominated, essentially, 22 of those 24 quarters. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, Miami's I, yeah. two really good quarters. That's why they won those two games. Mm-hmm. That's been about it, and they... The Celtics, this happens in the NBA it's because of the three-point shot, right? The other night, Miami goes 7 of 45 from three-point land. Yeah. That's just, like, doesn't even seem possible. It's 15.6%. Well, who, who, do, who, do, who would they have to, to even elevate that? I don't, to, to, again, Tyler Hero is not Hero, playing. The guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's not playing. Duncan so. Robinson is a, is a good shooter, but he, he kind of, like, fell out of favor late in the year, so he's not up to speed. Uh, Max Struess is a good shooter. It can't hit anything, and yeah. the, the worst-looking shots came from Victor Oladipo with back-to-back wide-open threes yeah. from the left wing, and he overshot the basket, and it hit the backboard on the other side. I mean, you know, he almost broke the backboard. Uh, so th- this is not a this this is a team Ian, that was number one in the league in three-point shooting uh, yeah. during the regular season. Now the Celtics' defense is excellent, but they had a lot of wide-open looks, and they missed again. Seven for forty-five is bad, and that starting backcourt one for twenty-eight from the floor over the last two games. Like, they'd be better off starting Gabe Vincent. At least he looks like he's somewhat engaged. I mean, they may be getting, you know, be better off starting Gabe Kapler if they could. I I just, you know, they need some help there. And and how do you sit Kyle Lowry? He's kind of like, you know, a blood guts type guy, but he's clearly, you know. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's, 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 what, what is he, 35, 36 now? 36, and yeah. he's always looked like a guy that's a little on the chunky side. Not yeah. that I should speak to that. He doesn't look to be – look, he's a fabulous player. I love him. I mean, if he's on your team, you love him. He's kind of a, a more skilled version of Marcus Smart. But, you know, he, he doesn't look like he's ready for this type of series. When you're going against – Tatum and Brown just look like different quality athletes on the floor than the guys Miami has. Right? I mean, like well, Brown and Tatum, we, we, look like they look like high school seniors – playing against middle-aged yeah. kids. Well, you know, it, it's, it's funny. We've spent all this time talking about Tatum specifically and, and Jalen Brown, but, you know, if this series ends tonight, Al Horford may be your, your Larry Bird Eastern Conference final <laughs> MVP. And it would be a, almost a, a very legitimate award because you talk about uh, uh, performances with uh, ability to, to affect a game without scoring points. Good God, is Al Horford just on a mission? I mean, I have not yeah. seen him play this well in so long. I mean... There, there was a, I can't remember, I think it was in game four. There was this rebound, offensive rebound that he got where he jumped. He was on, uh, I believe he was uh, off, off on the left wing or whatever, and the, the ball bounced, and he, like, contorted his body and stretched mm-hmm. his arms out and, and got this rebound. I was just like, all right, Al, okay, all right. But, you know, the guy, again, defensively, offensively, whether he's scoring points or not, he's been phenomenal in this series, and, and I think uh, – um, you know, if he has another big game tonight, you know, uh, he would certainly be deserving of it. it. It would likely go to Tatum, especially if he if he has a solid game tonight and they win. Mm-hmm. But that just speaks to the de- depth of uh, of this team. So, um, all right, we're going to uh, wrap now, it up. Will, oh. will, Bird, will Bird be in the arena? That's the question. Oh, I doubt it. I Mag- doubt it. <laughs> Magic, no, I, I do, too. I, I don't think Larry it. Bird getting off his couch at this point. But uh, Magic Johnson was not there last night to present Steph Curry with the Magic Johnson Award for Western Conference finals mvp um but i don't think bird's showing up to the garden tonight to present whoever 
that, that would be nice, though. It would be nice. It would be nice little it would break be, yeah. So. Um, yeah. But anyways, we're going to wrap it up here today a little early. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we will be back potentially Monday. Keep an eye out at FPC Radio Live for uh, for any sort of update in terms of our schedule and everything like that. But in the meantime, have a great weekend. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Uh, be safe. Enjoy basketball as much as we have left. Enjoy the hockey games. We had another thriller last night. If anyone was watching the Battle of Alberta, I, I highly <laughs> recommend it. Um, it was enthralling, exciting, and it only went one overtime. Thank God, because I don't know if I could have lasted too much longer than that. But uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We will talk to you hopefully on Monday. If not, we will talk to you very soon. Have a great day. We'll see you then. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.